and welcome. Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP, and I am here with my two insufferable co-hosts, Father Chuck. How am I insufferable? You're what am I? Insufferable, you're being insufferable. You're I'm quiet. Him. You're encouraging him. I saw you laughing. I saw I you laughing. If you're I on can't my even side, see him. If you're on my side, you would say, Matthew, shut up. I'm also here with Matthew Wells. Oh, you're so glad I'm back. Yay! <laughs> can, can his uh, can his new podcast name he's no longer Deputy Matt, he's MIA Matt. <laughs> Mia Matt? Mia Matt. Like Mila Matt Mila Jovovich, Matt. Matt Vivich. Yeah. Why, why, why don't we do, let's just, that actually makes me think we just get rid of Matt and get Mila Jovovich. That's a good let's idea. Just do that. Let's or Mila Kunis. That's Mila fine. Kunis. That's fine. Mila Kunis and Mila Jovovich. Why not? I approve yeah. of Mila Jovovich. I like, I like this idea. That is like the, it's, Mila Kunis has come up randomly three times now in the last three days. It's very weird to me. That means, oh, she, you said her name, it's three oh, times. I mean, she's going to manifest in your home now. Matt, you're going to kill her. Oh, the curse. <laughs> I hope not. Ashton Kutcher. Oh, poor guy. No, let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, no, but Wait, for... maybe, can we, can we, can really quick, yeah. can we qualify why you just said that, JP? Oh, that Matt's going to kill Melikunas now? Or yeah, Ashton because I think most no, of our listeners no. are going to be like really no. creeped out by this. No, because if Without our listeners actually, if our listeners actually listen to our podcast, we've discussed it before. Yeah, so no, no. No, they, should, they don't need to know. Listener, Matthew. No, they don't need to know. You should have listened earlier. Go back. There's like 60 episodes. Catch up. Basically. No, I, I'm, because I'm cursed. I'm cur- when things start following me around, bad things happen to people. That's the short version of it. Uh, Harold Ramis, Paul Walker. Uh, yeah, I decided to buy. I was like, oh, hey, you know what I haven't seen in a while? Fast and Furious. I'll buy the franchise. And then literally the next day he died. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to catch up on Ghostbusters. And then Harold Ramis. Yeah. Just, I don't do it anymore. I think no you more. Even, did, didn't you say did you, you watched like Galaxy Quest and then Alan Ripken died? Yeah. I didn't do that. That was me. <laughs> I think that was me. That was me. I, that was I, me. I, watched, I watched it. I watched Galaxy Quest and he like died that day. I did too. It was on, well, it came on Netflix. Yeah. And then he died. So I think everybody watched Galaxy Quest and then he died. And that's why it was probably why it was such a huge deal. Once you think about it. Well, that and he was also Severus Snape. Well, and, and Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I grabbed Thor's hammer. What a savings. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to another great episode of Masters of Divinity. We've already done the intros. I wasn't We're just nice. going to do the... We're just going to do the intro every five minutes this episode, guys, in case we need to edit not, it all completely out. <laughs> I can't. I can't do beginnings. I can't, I don't know how to, I mean, usually we just kind of like jump into it, but like, I know a lot of podcasts don't really do it. They have that sort of like five minutes of like, Hey, we're human and we talk and we get to know each other. And it's like, welcome back friends. Usually we're just like, Chuck, punk rock, go. Chuck, punk rock, go. I I mean, (laughs) that was last week. That was last week. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. Juliana Theory. They liked. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Whoa. Juliana Theory liked whoa, us. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Let's back that. up to the <laughs> speaking of not doing beginnings and and that one you're you know you're talking the bum before that how you're not good at endings and all that stuff either. Yeah. Let's talk about this passive aggressive JP statement that was made 
at the end of the last episode. Oh, yes. Where he was overly <laughs> gracious that Father Chuck was so willing to make Matt, time. If that's all to you've record heard in these past few weeks. That <laughs> I listened to the entire punk rock thing and then I'm like, oh, just slap across the face. Well, have you been listening like the past the past few weeks, though, that, that you of course, have? Of course, I've of course, I've never missed an episode. Well, because we've kind of created a whole narrative as to why you haven't been around. Like, <laughs> We did that one episode where we, we pretended that he was on the whole time and just not speaking to us, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> that was actually really good. I'm actually kind of proud I was doing that one. Um, and then there was that one where we, we kind of made you Donald Trump. Um, <clears throat> he started as Kathy Griffin, and then he became Donald Trump, which is the weirdest thing. <laughs> See, it's kind of weird that we can't see it because I don't know if he's crying or if he's laughing or if he's like really pissed off. He's hung up. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you, you there, Benny? I'm not here anymore. <laughs> how awesome would it, Matt, how awesome would it be if you had like a recording of the like, like the call you're trying to reach is <laughs> mm, that old? We're tone. sorry. So, right. sorry. listeners, the you're trying to reach is no longer available. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, listeners, if you haven't noticed by now, um, a, I'm still not good at beginnings. Two, um, we're we don't really have ladies. Ladies, what? I was like, I'm not very good at beginnings, ladies. I don't. What? Okay. I don't, it was a bad joke. Right? I mean, just, just... <laughs> uh, we don't really have a topic this week. We are just gonna kind of riff. Um, because we're friends and we do that. I have a lot that's on my mind, though, you guys. Um, no, you haven't messaged us on Facebook all day today about it. I'm uh, messaging you like, like, like every hour of the past two days. Yes. Uh, but let me tell you something. <laughs> this all has, I this all begin has a beginning. It all has a beginning. Okay. And I want to start with the mummy. <laughs> Yes, you, I want. I really want to hear you talk about the mummy. Can I just before you get into this? I have to. I have to. I want the listeners to understand something. And and Matt, I know knows this too about JP. In general, JP is very very positive on movies. Like even bad movies, he'll say like he'll find some redeeming quality in them. Like in, in a lot of cases, like it's it, it's very rare for JP to hate like completely hate a movie. Yeah, like there are movies he doesn't understand. Like he's given me grief about Tron Legacy, but it's and it's mostly because like he just didn't understand the point of why we would make a Tron Legacy. It had nothing to do or anybody else. Okay, yeah, that too, and (laughs) and Matt as well. But like, (laughs) but I get this text message from JP after walking out of the Mummy. I'm willing to bet that he was probably still in the theater texting this to me. I probably was saying and to Matt to both of us, saying that the movie was so bad. It made him rethink every bad movie he's ever seen and the entire concept of bad movies. And then later he messaged <laughs> us all again to say that the movie was so bad it made him angry. And I have to know about a movie. Like, I'm almost tempted to go see it. Well, just see. But I might, like, go buy a ticket for Wonder Woman and then go slip into The Mummy just so I don't give money to it. That's a great idea. Uh, you know what? No, don't do that. Buy a ticket for... Uh, they come out at night and then see the mummy, or just go see. They come out at night. I don't know because uh, it's an indie film. It's a low budget A twenty four film. Anyway, okay. So you're right. Chuck is right. I, I'm mostly positive when it comes to movies, but there's sort of a reason behind it. It's because I don't normally go out of my way to see a movie that I know I'm not going to like. Like I can kind of tell if I'm going to like 
a movie or at least find something, some kind of redeeming quality into it. Otherwise, I won't see it at all. Um, but I saw this because I'm learning a very important lesson about valuing property over art. And I saw the mummy because I've said many times that I one of my fandoms, one of my favorite things in the world, are the uh, classic Universal monsters. Love those movies to death, absolutely to death. And I, I've said that ad nauseum on this podcast, and you guys know because I, I bug you guys about it all the time. Uh, another thing you should know is I love the Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, uh, directed by Steven Summers remake of the Mummy. I love that movie, tons. It's fun. It's a fun adventure flick. It is. It's a, it's a fun adventure flick that plays that pays great homage to the old Mummy movies, not just the original Karloff one, but the, all the sequels and some of the one, other Hammer movies. And it's fun, and it's it's great because Brendan Fraser is amazing, Rachel Wise is amazing. They play off each other perfectly. The whole movie works because of their relationship, and because it's it's not a bad script, and because they didn't make sequels. Oh, we won't talk about the sequels. <laughs> but even the Mummy Returns no, kind of works because of Brendan Fraser yeah, and Rachel Wise. It works a little, but the first one is really good. I will say yeah. that. Now, now I'll let you continue. Continue. Yeah. Um. So I saw this this Mummy. Which I was dreading, and, and kind of like, eh, like I, I was ever since I heard about this whole initiative put forth by Universal to bring back their monsters, and the same way Marvel is doing their whole shared universe thing, which is now called the Dark Universe, uh, complete with a with a logo and a little score by Danny Elfman. Uh, yeah, they're making a monster shared universe with the Mummy. Uh, the next movie is going to be Brighter Frankenstein. Uh, they got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde lined up. They got Phantom of the Opera lined up. Hunchback of Notre Dame lined up. Wolfman, probably. Dracula, probably. Invisible Man. Yes. Jack. Can I? I was going to I was gonna interject. You said they are making. I think they've announced is the more accurate thing to say because. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're right. You're right. They've announced. They've announced that the, these things are, are, are kind of they're, they're kind of in motion and in a development level. But yeah, Johnny Depp is playing the Invisible Man. Uh, Javier Bardem would be playing Frankenstein. Um, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster. You know what? He said it was okay to call him Frankenstein. Who said he would? Who's, who said that? Frankenstein's monster. At the end of the book, he said it's okay for you to call me Frankenstein. Whatever. Go on. Look it up. <laughs> no, don't look it up. I... It's probably not even the right version. <laughs> Whatever. He just left to go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be here to listen to my rant. And, he wanted to listen to and this. And now I'm alone in a car talking to myself. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's Fallen Kingdom Chaos Theory. <laughs> oh, he, Chuck has Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, it's like it's the college copy. It is. It's my college copy. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Anderson. <laughs> no, I, I was – okay, I was mostly joking. Okay, it's and it's mostly from an internet meme. I'm sorry that I memed, and I know that you find that you probably are offended by that, Chuck, and that's why you're trying to. <laughs> I'm just saying, Frankenstein's one of my favorite books, and I don't remember that line. So <laughs> it's I'm not a line. Of course, of course, he didn't say it's okay to call me Frankenstein, guys. Of course, he didn't say. I... <laughs> <laughs> but there is an in-universe reason, and the Universal Classic, and uh, the Classic Universal Canon, as to why they call him Frankenstein. But whatever, just go watch Son of Frankenstein if you want that. If you want that, that 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 explanation. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. No, so here the monster's talking. 
Farewell, Frankenstein. If thou wert yet alive and yet cherished a desire of revenge against me, it would be better satiated in my life than in my destruction. But it was not so. Thou didst seek my extinction, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. But thou and I are one. And you can... No, I, don't know. I, was, I was just going to make crap up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good one. Uh, what was I saying? I don't know. Tangent. <laughs> Get off How bad tangent. the movie is, the mummy. Yeah. Well. Okay. So yeah, doing this whole thing, it got. It's definitely. It's it's definitely supposed to appeal to people like me who love these movies because who else are they going to make these for? Uh, and so I I I went to go see it kind of reluctantly last year. I actually read the script. I found the script. It was leaked. It was actually written by John Spates, who's actually not a bad screen screenwriter. Uh, he wrote the original draft for Prometheus, which I hear from a lot of people isn't that bad. It's pretty good. Uh, I haven't read it personally. Uh, and then he also wrote Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Which I've not yet seen. I haven't seen either, but I read the script and I loved it. But I heard from a lot of people who also read the script that it's like nowhere near as good. Uh, and John Spates did this one. He wrote for wrote this, this one. And, and I read it last year and I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty good. I kind of liked it. Um, so I go see this movie and they took out everything that was good in that script. Everything. Guys, when I see a movie, there's usually like three JPs that are watching a movie, all right? The first JP is just your average moviegoer. I sit back, I watch the movie, I drink, I drink my, my, my sugar drink, I eat my chocolate, and, you know, dance, monkey, dance, entertain me, okay? Second JP is a fanboy. To pay attention to all the minutia, gets angry when the Hulk doesn't have purple pants, Things like that. But I try to keep him under control. Like, he's, he doesn't really have much of an opinion anymore. Third one is JP, who used to work in the industry. Filmmaker, film critic, you know, knows a thing or two about the technical aspects and how does it write a screenplay and all that stuff. And so I pay attention to a lot of, lot of detail at that, that point. Um, watching The Mummy didn't get past the average moviegoer JP. That's how bad it was. I can't even, like, rate this as a fanboy... Uh, but I could totally rate it as, as like a film critic if I wanted to because there's some horrible technical problems. But let me just get into some problems I have with it, okay? I have a list here. <laughs> you, you did the trouble of making a list. I have a list. Okay. You, were you, we, I have to know, were you, like, were you like drafting this list while you were planting tomatoes? No, I was drafting this like, and then you, I got pulled to go sell, to, sell, sell squash. I'm just like, imagining you like like farming and just like just like <laughs> jamming steaks in the ground. Like <laughs> this has been stewing for for since I saw it and while I was up. Yes, it has. Yes, yeah. so I've had a lot of time to think about this. Yeah. Okay, so I have a list. Uh, first off, uh, Alex Kurtzman was a bad choice. Alex Kurtzman was the director. In general, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, you guys, because he's part of a writing duo, and he's not the part of the writing duo that I hated. The writing duo, of course, is, is Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi. They both worked on start, the Star Trek movies, at least the first two. Uh, they kind of cut their teeth on the Transformers films. Uh, they did a lot of television work. They kind of worked close with J.J. Abrams and Lindelof and stuff. Uh, never really liked I was never like crazy about them. But Bob Orsi was the one that really pissed me off because, A, he's a truther, and he kind of puts his truther, dumb truther beliefs into his, his, his scripts. And also, I, I think he's just a bad writer. Alex Kurtzman is always like the quietest one. So it's like, I don't really know what to expect from him. So blank slate. Bad idea. Not a good director. Has never directed anything in his life. 
Uh, except for one dumb movie. I don't know. It, it wasn't a tentpole or an action movie or anything like that. It's just some drama comedy. <sighs> but he was a bad choice, okay? That's all I'm saying. He was a bad choice um, because uh, there was just no, there was no vision. And I have, to, I have to imagine that he had the script that I read, and he saw the script, and he took out everything in that script that worked. Everything. Um, down to, like, characterization and, like, motivations and <laughs> exciting set pieces and action scenes and uh, all kinds of things. So, yeah, he was a bad choice. Um, another bad choice was, uh, I think, Tom Cruise. I actually read in, in a story in, I think it was a Variety, where they talked about how he kind of actually took control of the film and kind of brought his own experiences from working on movies like Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible and kind of trying to turn into like that kind of Tom Cruise vehicle. But what ended up happening is like he kind of overpowered Alex Kurtzman and it's just like a blah movie. Um, so Some screenwriting decisions that were in this movie that I thought were really bad was um, there were like multiple fl- flashbacks of like the same flashback, like over and over again, the same flashback. And people have actually have been saying that that's the reason why they, they probably did that is because they're they're marketing to overseas audiences like in China. <laughs> and that would also explain constant expository dialogue. Every scene in this movie, uh, the female lead, what's her name? Annabelle Wallace. She explains the entire story as it's happening throughout the whole movie. You know, the, you know, in Galaxy Quest, Sigourney Weaver's character, how she, like, repeats the... Right. She's basically that. She's, it's like she's reading the script as it's happening. Uh, Russell Crowe is in this movie, by the way. He plays Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And um, he's sort of the leader of this... Uh, basically, the Watcher's Council from Buffy, but it's called Prodigium. It's like a secret society devoted to investigating and eliminating monsters. Right? evil throughout the world. This is going to be the, the, the thing that's going to connect all these universal monster movies is this thing called Prodigium that Jekyll and Hyde is, is in charge of. There really is no dramatic reason for Jekyll and Hyde to be in this movie. And when he transforms from, Jek- from, from Jekyll to Hyde and fights Tom Cruise, also no dramatic reason whatsoever. He like forgot to take his medication and then he just, they, they, they fight. That's it. And he also starts, he talks like in this pikey voice or whatever. Oh, stupid. Stupid. Um, also, important to mention that Jekyll High was not in the script that I read. Uh, chemistry between Tom, Tom Cruise and Annabelle Wallace was terrible. No chemistry whatsoever. Uh, they, they had no characterization because everything's happening like in a matter of hours. And so what they do is the more expository dialogue. We're like, oh, I remember that one time we met and we slept with each other, and then giving each other grief over like, oh, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you weren't there when I woke up the next morning and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you, why is this happening? Why is this happening in my monster movie? <laughs> Just, these are for, this is for the listeners who can't see us in our interactions. Um, I love how you are holding your microphone and how you just keep like getting closer to it. He looks like Alex Jones. <laughs> I know. Like I've never seen you so fired up. You're like, <laughs> turn in the frogs gay. Uh... <laughs> I just, I was reading Frankenstein for a while there, bro. I'm not going to lie. 
Oh, come on, man. <laughs> look, look, here's the, <laughs> you hate the movie so much. You got bored of me talking about, about what was, that, yeah, you, you just spent like 20 minutes talking about it. Um, I just, I just, <laughs> I'm fascinated by that phenomenon. They, you hate something so much you have to talk about it. I have a list. I'm sticking to the list. I'm not done. The action is this what piece, this is this what our episode is today? Is listen to JP like crap on the mummy? This is, is that it, this? This is the only reason he wanted to record tonight. I'm not done. <laughs> and Matt, the action like, set pieces were boring and uninspired. That whole thing with the plane and stuff it was stupid. It was dumb. It lasted five <laughs> minutes. It was stupid. Um, oh, oh, here's one thing I liked. Uh, there were swimming zombies. I liked that. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, Jake, okay, so so Jake Johnson is in this movie. Uh, for those of you who uh, familiar, Jake Johnson is the guy that plays uh, Nick and and um, the Zoe de Chanel show. Um, um, what's that? Oh, new, new girl, oh, new girl. Yeah, the funny new guy, girl. new girl. Jake Johnson. Yeah, no, he's awesome. Uh, he's in this movie. Um, he's he he's sort of like Tom Cruise's sidekick. Like they they had like a, a Matthew McConaughey, Steve Zahn dynamic from Sahara. Um, but then Jake Johnson actually dies in the first act, but he comes off as sort of like a spectral vision or he comes, he comes back as a spectral vision for Tom Cruise throughout the entire movie to kind of like tell him what's, what's happening, basically explain more of the script to Tom Cruise, uh, which is, uh, a huge ripoff of an American werewolf in London. An enormous ripoff. Cause like every time he comes back, he's like decomposing and stuff. And that's actually the exact same thing that happened in American Werewolf in London. Are you guys not familiar with American Werewolf in London? Because you, you don't sound. No. I feel no. like you, you need am. to be okay. So, uh, so, so are you as outraged as I am? Then about that, like, are you? Wasn't that movie that guy killed people? I don't think anybody is as outraged as you are. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, basically, the, the, the mummy in this movie isn't Sophia Batella. It's it's Tom Cruise. He gets turned into the mummy at the end of the movie. He's he's possessed by Set, the god, the Egyptian god Set, by 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 Sophia Batella, and at the end of the movie he resurrects Jake Johnson. But we don't actually see it. We see them both uh, like on horses or camels, whatever, in Egypt. And Jake Johnson's like, "Oh, by the way, thanks for resurrecting me." Literally, he says that. So technically, Jake Johnson is the mummy because no. he was dead and is now back. Tom Cruise is not dead and back, right? He no, just has well, mummy, he did mummy have powers. To, he did have to whatever. die. He did have to get. He did have to die to get the mummy powers. Did he did he get mummified? No, no, but at the end of the movie he is he so he's not have, a mummy. He has bandages around his hands, so he is a mummy. <laughs> Alex Kurtzman made it a point to put the camera on Tom Cruise's hands that were wrapped in bandages, okay? That's how you know he's the mummy. He used the <laughs> language of cinema <laughs> to tra- to trans to translate to, to the audience. The only the only thing he doesn't explain in the movie through exposition. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, Chuck. Now we're here. Now we're here. You took the journey with me. I'm sorry you had to take it, but now we're here. Anyway, that's anyway. So that's why the mummy sucked. Yeah. Look, man, I could I could have told you the mummy sucked from the first trailer. That movie looked friggin' terrible. Yeah, but but what I love is I knew from the first trailer that this movie was awful, and yet the trailer that I saw is not the movie you just told me. Which sounds equally as awful as the trailer I thought I saw. (laughs) 
Like, I don't even know what movie you just you just described because none of that is shown in the trailer. It's awful. But uh, but it's a, but it's an awful trailer to begin with. So like, yeah, not as not as bad, not as bad as the trailer for Geostorm. That is the worst trailer for what <laughs> See, looks like maybe the worst probably, movie ever made. I feel like I would like Geostorm. Like, but I think but I but based off of what I'm hearing about the mummy, I think Geostorm is a better time at the movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm and that's that's the whole point I want to get to, guys. There was nothing for me to take away from this movie. Even as someone who enjoys, like, trash cinema. Like, I like my bad movies. You guys know that. I watch them repeatedly. This movie sucks. Like, I, I can't take anything away from this movie at all. Like, at least Alien Covenant, a movie that, like, a lot of people don't really like. At least you have something to talk about. I have nothing to talk about with this movie except that I hated it. <laughs> so, there's that. Did I really talk so, too much about that? <laughs> like, I'm recording for 30 <laughs> minutes. I don't know if I... <laughs> It wasn't really time. I'm just, stuff. I'm because I have so much. Sure. I have so much more You're, to say about what's happening this I'm week. Just, I'm just not sure why I'm here this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me either, Matt. <laughs> I think this one could have been a one, a JP by himself one. Um, like the like like Rob Bell, like the Robcast. He just talks to himself. Um, <laughs> okay, so that was my thoughts on the Mummy. What are your thoughts on the Mummy, guys? Go. <laughs> I'm, my thoughts on the Mummy are that your 20 minute rant is probably more entertaining than the actual movie. <laughs> I'm glad that the movie exists so that you could get this angry about it and I could sit here and listen to you talk about it. <laughs> Guys, it was so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish the listeners could see that you like you, you your face you are literally in pain. I mean I am. And it's like it 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 you know, last He's rocking year rocking back and forth. He's getting kind of manic. Last last year I I I told you how much I hated I mean you know how I feel about Batman v Superman, you know? And like yep. Maybe that movie wasn't so bad. <laughs> Maybe Suicide Squad wasn't that bad either. I mean, I think DC's actually doing okay. I think they're doing fine. I think they're all right. See, this is what I've been saying. This is what I was saying. When I saw Batman vs Superman, I was saying, look, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was bad. It yeah. wasn't that bad. At least they don't have Tom Cruise. Or Alex Kurtzman. I mean, I've seen Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That movie's terrible. Oh, I actually kind of like the worst is when bad movies are popular. And like and I don't mean like bad movies like like Miami Connection. Yeah, yeah. Like which is actually not a bad movie. It is a fantastic movie and everyone should <laughs> give their money to it. Um, <laughs> it may very well be the greatest piece of cinema ever ever, yeah. ever committed to celluloid. Uh, I would say if Thomas Edison were alive today and he watched that movie, he would say this is why I did it. Yep. This is why I did it. <laughs> Why haven't we done an episode about Miami Connection? I don't know. That's what I want to know. We need to. Like, I, well, we need to do a movie mayhem episode, and we need one of us needs to recommend that. How? how I have that movie on VHS. Made to do Miami Connection. Yes, oh, they, yeah, do. they do. That'd be great. That'd be so good. Um, <laughs> I have I have Miami Connection on VHS, which is I'm just so happy about. Um, um, sorry, okay. I, I, I'm sorry I took up all your time, guys. I'm sorry. No, I don't no, want because no, no, we only no. have 30 more minutes left to record. Really. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the time we have tonight guys so. that was my joke earlier on facebook uh so i i'm gonna maybe we'll come back to around what's been going on this week but chuck do you have anything that you, you've seen <laughs> <laughs> that you want to talk about yeah this round table discussion <laughs> about things we've been watching and reading and <laughs> um i i mean Bullet points. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is still completely consumed most of my life. Really, um, that, all this time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, 
the uh, I did watch the most recent season of Kimmy Schmidt. I, I took a break from Zelda to watch that. That was nice. really, really excellent. Um, and we kind of touched on that a little bit in a few a few episodes ago when we talked about like Christians and media. Um, um, reading, I, I'm I'm reading Dune Messiah. Oh, um, I've decided to just I'm I'm I, I really like Dune, man. I love that book so much that I'm just I'm 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 gonna I'm just gonna power through the whole series. So you're pretty excited about uh, Denise Villeneuve uh, directing the Dune movie. Um, yeah, um, I saw Arrival not too long ago, which is very good. Um, and so I was very interested to see how I'm, I'm really interested to see how he's going to handle, um, Dune. I mean, based off just the trailers I've seen for, for, for the new Blade Runner, um, I, the, the cinematography and all that, like he's really captured a scene. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with, with Dune. I love the synth score in that trailer so much. Yeah, dude. It's so good. Um, I've, I've also never seen Blade Runner. I need to get around to doing that before. Well, I see the there's sequel. like five versions. So good luck. I know that's the thing. That's, <laughs> that's actually been my biggest hindrance with Blade Me too. Runners. I don't know which version to watch. That, I mean, I've, I've seen it before, but I don't even, I couldn't tell you which one it was. <laughs> um, I'm also, um, you know, because we're, we're, we're supposed to be kind of a churchy podcast. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, um, I guess JP could say that. The mummy was was evidence that a hell does exist, and he experienced it for a couple of hours. I don't know. I feel like um, hell would be a little bit cooler. Like <laughs> a little bit more wow. entertaining. I don't. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So so um so one of the things I've read this summer, um, I've kind of had a reading list going, and um, that I'm reading, and I'm going to be doing with, reading with my congregation um, um, next month. Um, is a book called The Benedict Option by a guy named Rod Dreher. And it's going to be very interesting, JP and Matt, for me to read this with my congregation because – so Rod Dreher, his, the whole enterprise of the book is sort of addressing what a lot of Christians have been addressing, and that is um, the sort of the decline of Christianity and Western civilization and how the church ought to cope with that. Um, but Rod Dreher is um, an editor for the American Conservative, and he is a very conservative guy. Yeah, um, I'm in a very kind of politically diverse church, so it'll be interesting to see how people respond to the book. Hmm. Um, because when he's right, like when he when he's leaning to the right, he leans hard to the right. But at the same time, he is completely critical of President Trump in the book. So really? it'll be interesting to, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how people react to that. But the big, excuse me, the big thing is, is that he looks at the acceptance of LGBTQ persons and specifically same sex marriage as like the definitive sign that the church is like on the verge of being persecuted. Hmm. And that was like, I almost threw my iPad across the room when I read, when I was reading through that chapter. Yeah. But as I powered through, I realized the thing is, where he gets to this idea that he's called the Benedict option because he takes his inspiration from St. Benedict of Nursia, who, um, who founded the Benedictine monastic order and do Benedictine, um, Benedictine, um, monasticism, Western civilization was sort of preserved in the monasteries throughout the dark ages and, and everything. Um, so he's kind of saying the church needs to be doing that, that we, the church, not that we have to become monks, but the church needs to learn how to like double down on being itself and being faithful to its own mission and its own culture and all this kind of stuff. And I'm actually really on board with that. I think that that's, I think he's, he's, he's got 
he's got a right idea. It's how he approaches that idea that I, that I have issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's gonna be a good conversation for us in the church to have, because we're in a whole new era with us at, 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 at this place. So I've been here about three years. Um, I'm pretty well established now. Um, I'm not the new guy really anymore. Um, we just had a big change cause we, we, so I'm on a, the campus of a school where I also work as, as the chaplain and we sold all of our buildings to the school. So we're a church that doesn't own any buildings. Um, okay. and, and so we've got this really kind of cool relationship going where we have a church that we don't pay rent. We're just here. Um, and, um, and that's, I think that that's, so we're, we're kind of in this next step of like, kind of what do we do with our position now. And I think it's kind of interesting. I think this book would be, it's going to be a good conversation starter. Um, so that, that, that's kind of been on the forefront of my mind lately. Um, is this really, it's, it's frustrating and complicated. It may be the riskiest thing I've done at this church. Yeah. Um, but the other big piece behind it, and as I've said to people, as I said, I think it's important for us to be able to listen to the other side. So if we're more left-leaning people, we have to know where the right's coming from on this stuff. Um, especially today. Right. We, we've talked about like in our social media episode, how we all kind of live in our own little worlds now because of it. Right. So it's, it is, it is kind of important. And I give you props because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, I've had at least one parishioner say that they, they, they looked into the book and they, they said, I, I don't think I can handle it. Like it would just be too frustrating and I don't need that kind of frustration in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. You know, yeah. I'm fine with that. It's not for everybody, but, um, so It'll be, it'll be an interesting thing for us to do. And, um, um, I'm kind of excited about it, to be honest with you. Nice. It's interesting. Um, yeah. And then, um, that's, I mean, that's really my media consumption. I don't do a whole lot of media consumption these days. Um, having with my work schedule and, and with the kids and stuff, it's just kind of hard to do all of that. So yeah. I'm, yeah. Have you been catching up with comics at all? Oh yeah. Um, I still reading DC Rebirth stuff. Um, I know I shared with you not too long ago the, you know, the more more Watchmen stuff happening in the DC world, which is kind of cool to me. I know it's like some like Watchmen purists are getting all nervous about it, mm-hmm. but oh, um, I just don't. Things. I just yeah, right because the the show right yeah. I just I just don't. I'm just so over that stage right now, JP. Like <laughs> like you said, like you know, you talked about you had fanboy, you had fanboy JP. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, and you've learned to kind of keep him quiet. And I kind of, I, I'm kind of in that place too, where like, for the most part, I'm just like, if people want to make the thing they want to make, that's cool. I'll watch it. If, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. It's not the end of the world. Like it, I'm not going to let how somebody handles like my nerd properties, like necessarily like dictate my happiness. That being said, if somebody were to like, like if we were to get another 1998 Godzilla movie, I'd probably be a very angry person. If Alex Kurtzman directed the next Godzilla movie, we'd be having a different discussion. I don't know. It depends on the guy. It depends on how it turns out, man. I mean, you know, sorry, Tom Cruise. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> uh, probably, maybe, I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, I just, yeah, I, I understand. No, no, I get, it. I get it. It's just, I, I don't mean this like, it's like a, I'm not trying to like criticize you by the way. It's just, just, no, I'm just like at a, I'm just not at a place. Me personally, like I'm just like, it is what it is, and it, this is it's sort of frivolous, silly stuff, you know. Like, like when I go through my news timeline app on my phone, and I'm like, you know, I'm seeing stories about like, you know, like, oh, the United Nations has declared that like Somal- that uh, that the Sudan is no longer in famine, 
And then like right below that is like Lord Miller off the Han Solo movie. I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, why is, but like one like gets more attention than the other. And like, I don't know. It's just like, sort of like, there's just bigger things in the world. And so like, yeah, I guess it sucks that, the, you know, it's kind of weird that these directors got off this movie when they had three weeks left to shoot. And it's an interesting gossipy story. And I know you've got feelings and thoughts on it, but like I'm enormous also like, feelings and thoughts. But I'm also kind of like, well, ISIS blew up like a like a 12th century mosque. Um, like, that's really sad. Yeah, that's like, not that to me. That's that's just as sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fanboy JP is here. Go away. Sorry. No, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're you're right, Chuck. I mean, whatever. No, I mean you're I, passionate. I, I get it. You're passionate. I guess it's not meant to be like a criticism to put you down. I'm not trying to say that, and I and that really wasn't my intention in even bringing any of this up. But let's high just put that way. noted. I was not high roading. <laughs> Maybe I was. I but it was intentional. <laughs> Matt, you've been quiet. Save me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still still here. Hey, Matt. Um, Hi. Hey, buddy. <laughs> so glad I so glad I'm back. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say anymore. Well, um, well you've JP, got five minutes. JP's just just ranting about the mummy, and I mean Chuck is like an interstate overpass, high roading all of us. <laughs> I don't know. Guy, no. <laughs> well, I'm only, Matt, Matt, Matt. Let's, I just want to be clear. I am I am only high roading JP. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm back, guys. Hey, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> Whatever. Hey, I care about ISIS too. Okay, I care about ISIS. I, I think was, ISIS sucks. Was ISIS was ISIS in the Mummy? Like the goddess? They ISIS were. The- ISIS was in the Mummy. They're at the beginning. There's a, there's a town that's being controlled by ISIS and Tom Cruise hey, and Jake Johnson have hey, to have to hey, free. Sorry, hey, Matt, I'm talking is, about this. This is my, this is my five minutes. <laughs> this is this is my time down here. My time. These are my dreams. <laughs> I'm taking them back. I'm taking them all back. Matt, how have you been, man? How have you been? I'm 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 good. I'm... Hey, man. <laughs> Shut I'm up. Great. I'm stumbled to my words. He's gonna make I'm, so t- I'm tired. Yeah. Have you watched anything recently? Have you read anything recently? Have you been uh, anything on TV, movies uh, that that uh, taking up your time and you, you have yeah. opinions and thoughts about that you need to yeah. get out into the world um, into our yeah. ears? So, so, so there was this there was this show, JP. Mm-hmm. It, it was this groundbreaking, incredible show on TV that just changed the way I viewed the world completely and just added so much to our culture. Um, and yeah, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And um, I've heard of they it. Did this, they did this one episode that we talked about several times on this podcast that just blew me away. And I still to this day can't, can't get, get over it and how, how amazing it was and how they took this risk and they broke this ground. Um, and it's this musical episode mm-hmm. called called Once More a Feeling. Yeah. So um, we'll fast forward now to the the year 2017. And uh, well, first of all, I, I just have to say it's weird that I'm I'm sitting in a car in my neighborhood doing this, <laughs> and I'm like to- I totally feel like this is this is old school Masters of Divinity. It like, is. Episode. We recorded episode 
three right about where I'm sitting. Nice. Um, Is a tow truck and, showing up? <laughs> uh, no, no tow truck yet. But if I hang up abruptly, it's because I'm being arrested or something for parking and people getting weirded out. But um, but no, I, I watch. I'm I'm big on Netflix right now just because like father chuck here my life is insanity mm-hmm. um so i love netflix because i can watch it when i feel like watching it but because of that i'm a i'm, I'm a little behind um because this other show did a musical episode that actually blew me away um and it was the flash oh really oh yeah they that's right they, they did a musical episode, episode. I, um, I'm on season three because that's the newest season on Netflix. So, and they have an episode called duet and it was, it was really good. I've got to still impressed. watch that. It was good. And the cast, man, the people they chose for it can really sing. That's, that is a difference between the Buffy musical episode and this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, <laughs> well, they're I mean, actually the, really good. <laughs> the guy, the, the guy who plays Barry Allen was on, was on, um, Glee. Okay. Yeah, well, I, the, interesting. I used to watch Glee. I don't remember him on it, but the villain in this episode is from Glee. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, the villain is a character from Glee that is a crossover? <clears throat> no, actor. <laughs> actor from Glee. Uh, but no, it was really good. You should watch the episode. I liked it. It talked a lot about how uh, musicals are musicals help express things that you can't unless it's done in music, which is something I've talked about with what the Buffy episode did. They were in Buffy. They were able to address these things that if they just treated it like drama, what it came across as really cheesy because of Buffy being vampires and witches and like, it would have been really dumb. So they chose to go this corny musical route with it and express all this stuff that actually hit you really good emotionally. Yeah. Um, and the flash episode kind of does the same thing. Um, and I was impressed and yeah, they can sing Supergirl. She can sing too. I don't know the actress's real name. Um, Melissa Benoit. Benoit. Well, there you go. She's got a good voice also. Yeah. Nice. It's good. Is is it like, is it like Buffy where there's a demon that casts a spell on people that they have to sing and dance till they die? No, it's a, it's a guy with powers. You don't really know what he is. Um, cause he's not a meta human. He is something different. That's all you get from it. Yeah. But, uh, he puts Supergirl and flash ultimately in kind of like this coma where they're in a shared, almost like a shared dream universe. And because Barry Allen was watching musicals, because something happens in the show that puts him in a very down state. And it opens with him watching Singing in the Rain with his mom when he was a kid and her telling him how musicals have the power to fix things because of the emotion that it expresses in song. So then it goes back to the present day where he's watching the same musical um, addressing what's happened. So when he gets placed in this coma, they create the world that they're in. So because he has been watching them, it's a musical that they're living in. Yeah. Um, so it, it 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 was good though. I was impressed. Wait now now, because you're aware I've not watched the season yet, so I, I understand you're holding some stuff back. Very is this, much so. Is this villain character because he's not a metahuman? He's something else. 
I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to ask more questions because I think I know no, who it he, might be. Well, no, I can tell you in this, as far as I know, he's a, he's a one-off character for the show only. Okay. Um, and it's it's purposely left vague. Like, you almost get this idea of, like, is he an angel kind of a thing? Okay, because um, I was wondering because I was wondering if it was going to turn out to be um, Mr. Mix Picklick. No, uh, as far as far as I can tell, he's just a one-off that the show okay. did for this episode so that they could basically showcase that they have some amazing singers in the DC shows because it pulls people from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, from Arrow, from Supergirl, and Flash. And it's only characters from that that you can tell in real life can actually sing. So this is kind of an episode for them. Nice. But it was good. I was impressed with it, I have to say. And I know that there's other stuff I wanted to talk about when I was thinking about this episode, and I can't think of all the other <laughs> stuff I've been watching. But I've actually watched a surprising amount of TV recently um, on weekends, like yeah. late at night when the kids go to sleep and I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, because after the Academy, I didn't watch anything through the Academy. And I feel like I've been catching up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... But I can't think of anything else that I've been watching <laughs> right now. And I had all these things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, it's just and that podcasts kind of run my life. Um, I'm uh, on a podcast kick. And yeah, How Did you... This Get Made is the greatest podcast ever. Second, Matt. Second greatest <laughs> podcast ever. Second. Second greatest. Uh, You're right. I forgot about Harmontown. It um, is. I'm just hey. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Um, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I I love How Did This Get Made. I've been meaning to, to listen to their latest episode, The Wraith. Um, it's so good. <laughs> I, I was going to listen to it with my cousin, but he wanted to listen to the Running Man episode. But I was like, no, the, the Wraith is better because it's a live show and the Running Man isn't the live one. And live shows are the best ones, right? Like, Yeah. Everybody... Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that the live ones are the best. But the Running Man is a really good episode. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was still pretty funny, but not as good. Not I didn't. La- I definitely didn't laugh as much as I normally do when I listen to like the live episodes. See, uh, the thing about that show, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, but most of the movies they talk about I've never seen, so it's hard for me to like really appreciate it because <laughs> like I, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, actually, Matt and I talked about this. Like, I wanted to watch my stepmother's an alien before what before listening to the episode. <laughs> so um, but I just went ahead and listened to the episode and it was, I still thought it was really funny. <laughs> I, I have listened to that episode three times all the way through. <laughs> that's a really great episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the best one ever. If you haven't heard, how did this get made? Listen to that one episode. Yeah. Um, and then my second favorite is uh, Ninja Turtles Two: secret. Oh my Eve. gosh. That one's so good. <laughs> That was my pizza. That was my favorite until my stepmother's an alien. I listened to that one three times. All right, I'm gonna have to listen to my one, stepmother's an alien in now. one week. One week, three times in one week. Well, the best thing about it is, I, you know, Allison Hannigan was in my stepmother's an alien. She was <laughs> Willow, young, and they just call her Willow throughout the show. Because so. she was also Willow and Buffy for yeah. the millennial listeners who aren't cool yet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, that's the best episode ever. <laughs> you listen to the show, Chuck. Gotta listen to it. Listen to the episode. Okay, <laughs> I, I will do it. I will do it. Then I can feel like I'm inside rather than outside. <laughs> we want you on the inside. We want you on the inside with us. We do. We do. We want you we in, in Prodigium. Come off your high road and listen to the episode. What does Prodigium yeah. even mean, guys? I don't. 
we're bringing it back around. <laughs> um, so, so you, so you, so you, you like the, uh, the, the flash musical and, and you're listening to how did this get made? Um, Oh my gosh. And the crossover, um, the crossovers that took place during season three of flash, yeah. the, um, the, the invasion crossover. Yeah. The, it was really good. It, I had to jump over to shows to watch the whole storyline. That's cool. And I've actually never watched a single episode of uh, Legends of Tomorrow until then. Um, but the crossover episode was really good, too. This is, they, this is fun. It's definitely an awesome move that they got um, Supergirl over to CW so that it can be on all these shows. Yeah. So that was, that's very cool. I, I really got to, I want to catch up and, um, and I just get distracted by other things like other shows and stuff. Like I'm, I'm trying to power through Twin Peaks and, uh, yeah, I, I haven't started the new one, but either. yeah, I've, I've got to say though, Twin, <laughs> Twin Peaks, that's a man, we could do an episode on that. What a weird show. I love it. Um, I, well, hold on, because if you haven't been through it, it gets a whole lot weirder before it's done. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's David Lynch. He kind of his movies are weird. Yeah, it's just, oof, man. Woo. But oh, I've got to say, I think that I think that uh, the Flash is probably I've got to say it's probably my favorite TV show. Oh yeah. Um, and it's whenever so whenever I get to start watching new episodes again, I just get sucked into the show so much. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's probably my favorite. It just, and it I'm hurts. not saying, yeah, I'm not was, saying it's what, go ahead. I was gonna say, Matt, it just, it hurts me so much. They took it off of Hulu. Uh, that's Cause I used to watch it like every week and then they took it off and I'm, and I, that's all we have is streaming and I am not about to pay for CBS all X or CW's streaming app. Like I'm just not doing that. Uh-huh. No, well, that's why, that's why I'm a season behind because I wait till it hits Netflix. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't have any idea what's going on with it now and where they're gonna go. But well, it's I, off now. I mean, they're yeah, in well, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just streaming's the only way I get to watch anything anymore. But um, but yeah, the Flash is. It's I can't get enough of that show. Love it. Cool, I'm a little sad I'm almost done with season three because then I'm going to be stuck waiting again. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much TV, but except for all the other things I can't remember JP that I was going to talk about, but that's okay. Cause JP took up all my time anyway. Well, I'm um, curious. I'm curious, Matt. Um, um, did you, did you have anything to say for the punk from our punk rock episode where you like, I, I can't specifically think of anything I remember saying. JP and I got to talk a little about punk up during the music mayhem. Uh, I don't. I think it was just us, wasn't it, on that episode? Yeah, it was yeah. just. It was just. We talking about well, it was that. Yeah. It was that episode where like half of it was just JP and I. The other right. Half was that's. JP. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I. No, I can't think of specifics now. Just like I can't remember anything because I was listening to you guys talk on the episode. And had comments here and there, but um, just like I can't remember the shows I want to talk about right now, I can't <laughs> well, remember I mean, the specific comments. I, I, I can I just say I, I think it's I think it's great that the Juliana theory liked our Instagram post, or I should say Chuck's Instagram post. Well, it's ours. I mean, it's our Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, but you, you know, you, you post it, man. You, you, you know, you won that one. 
That's you. That's you. Props uh, on you. Juliana Theory, got... for those of you who don't know, it was a it was a tooth and nail band, the 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 uh, label that Chuck was talking about. Um, not really punk. I mean, kind of. They were more of an indie band, but you know yeah, they were attached to that label. But yeah, alternative rock band. Yeah, but they. Uh, I I got. I was pretty stoked when I saw that they liked it because I I listened to them all the time when I was in high school. I know Matt did too. Didn't didn't you? Um. I, I know I listen to them, but you know how I am about remembering who <laughs> whose songs I'm listening to. Yeah, well, that was well, another question: is that like, did me. you do you remember any Christian punk bands you used to listen to, or maybe? Still oh, listen I listened. I I would say it was MXPX when you guys were talking about them. I remembered that from yeah. uh, back in the day. Um, as far as Christian punk goes, they're the only ones whose name I will ever be able to remember from now on. <laughs> like you guys start mentioning other bands, I'm like I can't remember if I heard them or not. Was there one called Thousand um, Foot Crutch that everybody liked? Yes, too? yes, yes. I remember, uh, There you go. I remember that one. <laughs> um, Thousand Foot Crutch, Slick Shoes, Value Pack, Goaty Hook, um, Dogwood, uh, Squad Five O, Five Iron Friends. Yeah, I'm getting some Scott a little bit here, but okay. So, so um, Squad Squad Five O. Thousand Foot Crutch, MXPX, but MXPX would have been Cutlass. the one that. Uh, Cutlass. Reliant K. Um, Cutlass is kind of like the Lincoln Park of Christian music. I kind of <laughs> um, try to forget that I listen to them. P.O.D. Um, <laughs> P.O.T. No, no, I'm sorry. Cutlass is like the Nickelback of Christian music. Oh, kinda, oh you, you hear them once, you move on. Um, there's, there's anything worse than being Nickelback. It's the Christian version of Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, no. Oh, and then reading. I'm reading it. Oh really? Yeah. Did you been... did you buy a copy or did you uh, download one? It's on, my, it's on my Kindle. Okay. Okay. So I read it. I, I read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you, anybody else get really annoyed when you try and talk about it? Yeah, <laughs> because you can't stop. It's like I usually just establish that the conversation is about it and keep saying the yeah. book or the movie or yeah. Pennywise. It, it's it's like freaking Monty Python and you just yes. can't stop saying the word it. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> now it, it is going to it, it is going to annoy me for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> but um, but yeah, in true. Uh, Matt Wells fashion. I I read it to go to sleep at night. I'm that's sure a that's horrible a idea. Way. Horrible idea. <laughs> really bad idea. <laughs> that's great. Oh the yeah the the nightmare sequence. I was reading last night. Literally reading about a nightmare sequence and then going to bed was a good idea. It was wonderful. Oh my gosh. Like I I, I found a like a pirated version online, just because I wanted to read the first chapter, because it's kind of iconic. You know, because that's when. Um, What's his face gets killed? The, the little little kid. Yeah. Um, just to read it because I never. Is read it, it. George, Georgie? Georgie. Georgie. Yeah. Because I've I've never read it before. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't remember names ever. No. You don't have any idea how big a deal that was, right there. But go um, ahead, carry on. But I I, I read the first <laughs> chapter and that freaked me the hell out. Like, you know, JP, you mentioned you pirated the, the first chapter of the book. It doesn't you, doesn't count. You do know there is there are buildings, there are places, they are all over the country. They are tax supported, and you can go in and you can per- you can acquire a book free of charge and read it. None of my libraries carry it <laughs> legally. None of my libraries carry it. I live in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> you have you have a you have a college campus. 
I am willing to bet that the college library. I mean, yeah, I never thought about that actually. Of Stephen King's It, and the thing is, you can read it without having to even check it out. You can just sit down. I never thought about that. Look, man, I'm just I'm on the side of the corporations here, man. I'm just you saying. Really are Chuck. Well, <laughs> Chuck's, you know, we all know you became the man. So. <laughs> oh God, you know what? I just I just highlighted you again. Jeez. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, meanwhile, while Father Chuck's walking through the clouds back here on planet Earth, uh, Matt and JP ooh. continue their conversation. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Take that. Apply ointment directly to burn. <laughs> but it, how, uh, how far along are you? It's, that's a long book, my friend. It, it's an insanely long book. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on the Kindle, you can set up whether you see page numbers or percentages. Yeah. Um, I think page number-wise, I'm doing pretty stinking good. Yeah. Percentage-wise, I think I'm like 4% of the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a thousand-page book or something like that. Uh, more than I think that, I think. It's, Isn't it's it? nuts. I don't even know. I just know that when you see an actual physical copy of the book, it's, it's daunting. Yeah. Um, but what I can say is I... I'm in, I'm at the point where, see the book, if, if anybody's ever seen the, the old movie, the book is like, they, I think it jumps around a little different Yeah. and it's like starts off more like the, well, back then present day mm -hmm. where they're getting this phone call. Each per kid, each of the kids as adults are getting this phone call and Basically, whatever they're doing in life, they're dropping, leaving, and heading back to their hometown. Right. They have a flashback when um, they were kids, and they're kind of right. The, the at the at the expense at the expense of marriage relationships and anything else, they're like, "I'm out the door. I have to go." Yeah. And they don't exactly know why. Like they, it says in the book, they get this phone call, and as soon as they hear the voice on the other end of the phone, they start remembering this town um that they grew up in that it's like they've all blacked out of their memory so yeah. they don't remember their childhoods at all huh. until this this voice kind of wakes up something and then the memories start coming back slowly as they start preparing to leave and the more it starts coming back the more they don't want to go but feel 100 percent obligated to be there because they did some kind of a blood oath as children saying that they would come back if they were, if they ever got that phone call. Right. Um, so they, it kind of goes into that and you get this little glimpse of each of them as an adult. And then it like next chapter, you're back where they're kids mm -hmm. and talking about what, what was going on with them there. Um, but yeah, it's a, I have to say I've tried reading a lot of Stephen King's stuff. Yeah. Um, the only book of his I was able to read all the way through was The Shining. Mm -hmm. um, and then the sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I which remember is, that. <laughs> which is really weird, totally different <laughs> than The Shining. But yeah. I found it entertaining. I got through it. I found it interesting, but um, I don't really like what it did to the story of The Shining itself. But can appreciate where he was trying to go with his new mythology he was creating. If right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but other than that, I've probably tried reading, I don't know, it's got to be like five of his other books. Really? 
and some of his short stories. And honestly, I find them um, impossible to read personally. <laughs> Um, insufferable is a word that comes to mind. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I I I read that first chapter, and I'm, one thing I remember the most is like, wow, it is wordy. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that, and I agree <laughs> with you. But what I will say is, this one draws me in, unlike anything else he's ever written. Yeah. Um. So I, as far as I am into it, I mean, I've got a long way to go. I could get sick of this book very quickly. I'm sure. But as of now, I would say this has got to be, I don't know what other people I think Carrie is considered like his greatest work or something like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's really but good. I, maximum Overdrive. But, yeah, max- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Great How Did This Get Made episode also, by the way. Yeah. Um, which caused me to find the movie and watch it again and made their episode even better. Uh, I didn't know they did an episode on that. That's funny. I should need to listen to that. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, this uh, I'd have to say this book is it's got to be his best, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not even probably one third of the way through it page wise. But uh, but yeah, it, it's wordy. And I agree with you in the opening. It's a very he's very into describing every detail of everything around you. Yeah, it's it's annoying, but also kind of um, fascinating that he knows so much about this stupid town like yeah how it functions Derry, and like is dairy the name of the town yeah dairy man i'm batting a thousand town. on remembering things <laughs> i don't normally remember right now um but yeah his his descriptions and the amount of time he spends describing like the way things look and where things are geographically yeah um at first seemed like you're saying very wordy to me and yet like you're like you say i was interested i kept reading but I would say that later, where I'm at, when you get into these sequences that have these nightmarish views that pop up in them, becomes a whole different ballgame, like when he's describing things in detail. Right. Um, so you go from like, see, it, here's where I'm going to show I can't remember names. There's a guy who, um, when he was the kid, was the bigger one. So he oh. got teased a lot for Is being big. Ben. Yeah, Ben. There yeah. you go. Thank you. Um, Called him Hastings. Uh, ben is like, he's being chased by these bullies and they're carving their initials into his stomach at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he runs away, falls asleep under a tree, like the roots of a tree in a dirt hole to hide from them. Yeah. And slips into this memory of him being out riding home on his bike in the snow and seeing this like decaying skeletal clown figure in the snow that starts walking toward him and it's just like oh that's and that's yeah it's great and then i went to bed um (laughs) good choice my dreams are great guys i I bet having i'm having happy at least you got a gun yeah it's great um (laughs) and handcuffs you're gonna handcuff (laughs) Pennywise. Yeah, I just I cuddle with my my badge and gun and handcuffs at night. And twirl your nightstick around. Oh, Pennywise, you're not allowed. You're not allowed in this parts. What? Because he's uh, like a cop, Irish cop, like a. Okay. Yeah. No. Anyways, I still. You I don't. Still you don't get that cultural reference, Chuck. Come on. I still. I know. I get it. It's just. It's just. You don't get that semi-racial slur. <laughs> yeah. Um. The. 
Uh, I still don't quite understand the whole we all float down here. I'm still trying to get that. We all float down here. Even in the boat. It's like everywhere in in the book. Yeah, it is. They start with the bodies. I really so, don't so, know the, the concept of like turning them into balloons. Yeah. While you guys were talking, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Just a thought a, a, a popped in my head about 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 it. So the first chapter, Georgie's death. You yeah. said it's well known. It's famous. Mm-hmm. Um, kid is in a it's yellow his arm ripped off. Right. Yeah. He's in a yellow rain slicker and he gets his arm ripped off. Yeah. Um, because he's chasing a boat that his brother made for him. Right. Like a newspaper boat, right? Yeah. So I had seen a I'd seen a, a photo on the internet a while back from like um like some kind of like fan convention thing where people were dressed up as characters from Stephen King and I saw a kid dressed up or an adult dressed up like Georgie with the rain slicker missing an arm. And I have to say, my first reaction was I thought, Oh, somebody's cosplaying as um as Matthew, right? Is that the kid's name? The the youngest um um, Brody kid from um, from Jaws Five. <laughs> Wasn't it Sean the youngest one? Sean, that's right, Sean. And then I and as, so as you guys are talking, and I'm just sort of, and you're talking about the book, I started thinking about. It, I'm like, wait a minute, is the opening act of Jaws: The Revenge a ripoff of Stephen King's It? <laughs> because rip, think about rip, it, ripoff. He's, no pun intended. Ah, because yeah. Sean is on a boat. Yeah. If you remember the first Jaws, Michael. Like introduce or in the first, in the second Jaws also they kind of sort of introduce him to the sea puts him on the boat so it's like so it's like like metaphor like he's he's got him his boat mm-hmm. and then he's you know mysterious he's 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 in the water and he reaches into something that he's trying to get out of the water and the shark takes his arm off he's also in a yellow rain slicker I'm just wondering man did were they lazy with Jaws of Revenge they thought but they thought they were being really deep they're like oh man we're just gonna take the scene from it and we're just gonna use it no, wait, a shark. Bite. Bite your tongue, sir. There's nothing lazy about Jaws Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get paychecks, man. That's not laziness. That's just good old-fashioned hard work. Gosh, that movie's so bad. <laughs> Which also a very, very good episode of How Did This Get Made? And also one of my favorite lines that have ever been uttered by Michael Caine is a result of that movie. Which is, have I seen the movie? Um, no. Oh, he says, I've never seen the movie... But by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the beach house that it bought, and by all accounts, it is wonderful. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. That's awesome. Make that money. Uh, I, I I have fond fond memories of the last time I saw that movie was uh, when we were in Dallas for the Fan Expo. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nice. Uh, she's psychically linked to the shark. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and it, totally. And it roars. Totally. It, it roars. roars. <laughs> and Mario Van Peoples gets eaten. And then as a kid, I saw the version where he lives at the end. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um, I hope you like it. I, uh, I really want to read it, too, um, especially since the movie's coming out. I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I read the script for that one as well, uh, at least the one by Kerry Fukunaga, um, which is really good. I hope they kept some of it, but um, that's cool, man. What you're reading it? I, I, you didn't hear JP? They, they, they last minute they added Tom Cruise to the cast. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is actually Pennywise. You find out at the end. <laughs> he's got you know. He's got a red, got a red you know nose what? on his yeah, face. You know because it's they the do a really lenses. extreme close up of his red nose. He's like <laughs> hanging out the side of a plane. <laughs> he's running at some point he's got to run right <laughs> and georgie and georgie's just like thank you for making me float 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, I wanted to rant and rave about the whole Lord and Miller thing and Kathleen Kennedy. Um, is Ron, we're, we're on bad terms, she and I, right now. Um, <laughs> the whole Star Wars Han Solo thing and Jurassic Park. We don't get to talk about Jurassic Park fa- Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Or how Danny I mean, Day-Lewis really nothing... Day retired from, from acting. Or is he doing research because he's going to be playing a retired actor? That was one of my favorite. That was like the, the, those softball like comments that I've seen on articles about that. He somebody somebody made a somebody made a fake Daniel Day Lewis Twitter account, and it's Daniel Day Lewis BMD, and the whole idea is that he now writes for, about superheroes on Birth Movies Death. Oh my gosh! And he just tweets about superhero movies and stuff. It's it's really funny. <laughs> Wouldn't it be and funny if that was actually Daniel Day Lewis? He ends he ends every tweet with D. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, well, guys, I think that's all the time we have. Unless there's anything else you you want to rant or rave about, I don't know. I mean, I think I, you I think you took up all our time. <laughs> yes. I think I think Chuck wants to rant about ISIS or something. I don't. Chuck and I are going to rant and rave about your rant and rave um, for <laughs> the next episode. No, the, the honest <laughs> thing is, I, the only other thing I want to say is, like, I, I feel kind of bad, like, I like that, like, I've come across as like I was high roading. I no, wasn't trying I, to. I, high I'm road. just, I'm just busting your balls, bro. I don't think you're high riding. <laughs> I agree the same thing. The reason why I, I'm not outraged about ISIS is because I, because well, I mean, I, I am outraged about it. I just don't. I just like to complain about things like Star Wars on social media. I don't. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess because like more, it's sort of like silent rage when it comes to that kind of stuff for me. Well, it's also and it's also kind of something that you can like actually do something about, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, if I complain about it enough, maybe Kathleen Kennedy will hear me and bring Lord and Miller back onto the young Han Solo movie. No, that's not going to happen. That could happen. Okay. Ron Howard's on that movie now, JP. Yeah, well, I hope you guys liked Inferno. Um, I didn't see it. Um, I, 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 I just don't. <sighs> I, I, here's the thing. I don't care that much. I care. It's because, not, it's, it's not just because, because I think, of the thing, but it's, yeah. I just think a, 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 a young Han Solo movie just, just, it is what it is, man. It was going to be bad. It was going to be what it, I just, I don't know, man. Well, just, for me, it's, 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 it's bigger, bigger than Han Solo. It's bigger than Star Wars. Like I, I, cause I personally, I'm, I'm kind of seeing a trend amongst <laughs> the studios. That isn't who are trying to emulate Marvel, but where they're sort of misstepping is I feel like I feel like artists are being pushed out, and you know hiring Kurtzman to direct that Mummy movie like that was a bad that was a bad choice from the beginning. He has no experience making cinema, like he's he's a writer and he's and he's and he's produced stuff, but that doesn't make him a director. That's a completely different thing. And then like I then you know last week it was announced that Simon Kimberg a producer is directing the next X-Men movie. And then, and then now, you know, there, the Kathleen Kennedy does this thing where she fires two filmmakers for doing exactly what she said she wanted them to do, which is to have a unique vision and voice. That's what these standalone movies are for. But she's like, Oh, they weren't close enough to what Han Solo was. And if you're going to be so stringent, then why, why would you say we want your unique voice? That, that can only, that only tells me that, you know, I think I think artists are starting to be pushed out of uh, the, the the blockbuster game. I mean, except, except for maybe. Marvel and DC. I mean, we're, it, it's capitalism, man. We're in a we're in a radically capitalist society right now, where people define themselves primarily as consumers. 
I mean, that's 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 how you justify all of the like all of the people saying like, you know, the whole DC Marvel fan thing where, you know, people are concerned about like, I mean, come on, like why, like when did when did people care about how much money a movie made? Now that suddenly becomes something that people care about. Like oh, that no, that's that is so capitalist. It used to be like you wanted it to make more money so that you'd get a sequel. Right. You know? That's why you But now it's like it. oh, it won. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> um and like you know, and then it it just becomes all I don't know. It's it's, it's capitalism, man. Capitalism is yeah. a significant problem. And I and I'm not trying to be anti-American. I know there's a lot of American people out there like, well, America is a capitalist society, and that, you're right, it is. But you know, our Lord and Savior told us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and one of those evils was manifested in a movie called The Mummy, and <laughs> and we just heard about it at the beginning of this podcast. Listen, you want you want to spit in the face of corporations? You want to you want to send a message that we we value artists over properties? You want to you want to tell Kathleen Kennedy, "Hey, hey, artists matter and not your 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 your, your money." Go see Baby Driver, June 28th. See it. Edgar Wright movie. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. You Does guys, look really good. You guys see the Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> Always see the Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, I actually do want to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I read the script; it's awesome. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Matt, are you there? Yeah, and and Chuck gets to look forward to some of his scenes with sound effects. What? Like Chuck gets to look forward to some of Edgar Wright's new scenes with sound effects. Oh, and right. coffee. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's all, I mean, you know, there's gonna be a lot of that. That's kind of his thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I, did, well, did, that, did that whole conversation even make it into this episode? Were you even recording when that was happening? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was recording, but I don't think it's actually... I don't know. It may not make it. Who knows? We'll see. We'll Who see. knows what's in this episode? It works. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm in this episode. <laughs> Tom Cruise is in this episode. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Cruise is in everything. Well, guys, the, that's about all the time we have this week. Um... Thank you so much for for tuning in and listening to us, uh, Father Fun. I I know that you don't like it when we when we rag on things in this podcast, but you know you can't can't, can't win them all, sir. Maybe I mean uh, he. I don't think I, I think if I think if Father Fun saw the Mummy, he would he would probably agree with you. He probably he would. I, every everybody would. Everybody would. Everybody would. Hey, you know that there's going to be someone out there, and there already are. They're giving their hot takes on how The Mummy is the best movie of the summer. Bless their hearts. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Father Chuck, thank you. You're welcome. Matt Wells, thank you. Always welcome. Join us next Thanks. week when we talk about corgis. Or, you know, I was thinking it would be kind of fun if we did an entire episode where we just talk about what song we're going to end on. Maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe that'll be next week. Maybe. We just debate on which song we end on. All right, so join us next week. Have a great week and good journey. Good journey. Good journey.